and welcome to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast hosted by the Guelph Family Health Study. If you're interested in the most recent research and helpful tips for a healthy, balanced living for you and your family, then this podcast is for you. In each episode, we'll bring you topics that are important to your growing family and guests who will share their expertise and experience with you. Our quick tips will help your family build healthy habits for a happy home. Welcome back to the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Lisa. And today we have Laura Wilson uh, as our guest. Laura is a registered dietitian with the Guelph Family Health team. She has two adorable three and a half year old boys. And uh, Laura was actually also a former health educator for the Guelph Family Health Study. So she's here today to share her expertise, personal and professional, uh, with childhood constipation. So welcome, Laura. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So Laura, you were part of the Guelph Family Health Study when it first started. Can you tell us a bit about what your role was with the study and also a bit about your master's research? Sure. So like Lisa mentioned, I started off as a health educator with the Family Health Study. So I sort of started right as the study was getting going. I was also involved at that time with sort of helping to develop some of the materials that we used with the families, um, which was a great experience. It didn't directly relate to my master's research, but sort of connected. I was working with uh, Dr. Jess Haynes, and we were sort of bringing a parenting program that she had developed and run before. We were bringing it to parents in their workplace and kind of testing it out in that new setting. Awesome. So, so now since you've kind of moved from the Guelph Family Health Study to the Guelph Family Health Team, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your current role and how the Guelph Family Health Study prepared you for that role? So I work at um, Diabetes Care Guelph, so I'm a dietitian and diabetes educator with the team there. And the Family Health Study was a great um, kind of segue from school into my clinical role right now because I got a really great introduction to working with families and people one-on-one, great training and motivational interviewing and goal setting, which is really central to what I do right now in my role. Very cool. I think I can hear your, I, I think I can say, hear your little kids in the background. Yeah, I can hear your little kitties in the background. So that makes two of us. Oh, the joys of working from home during COVID, right, Laura? Right. Thanks for sharing, and thank you for being here today to talk about this very important topic, uh, children's bowel movements, specifically the Childhood Constipation Challenge. So to start off, um, could you please define childhood constipation and tell us and the listeners how to know if your child is constipated? Sure. So childhood constipation is super common, um, and it can look really different for each child. But generally speaking, it would be a, like a decreased number of bowel movements. And some might define it as like three or less per week, but it's really going to depend on your child and what's normal for them. And the bowel movements are going to be hard or uh, difficult for them to pass. They might cause some pain. So that's how you would know. Thanks, Laura. Now, I mean, I would love to say that this is not exactly dinner conversation, right? But I mean, I'm from being totally honest, this has for sure come up at dinners in my home when my kids were young. Not so much now. I mean, it's not not something you talk about with your nine-year-old at dinner. But when my kids were little, my husband and I would often be like, is that kind of normal? So my question to you, I guess, is what should a normal bowel movement look like for a young child? 
Great question. Um, so I guess it's going to depend again for each kid. It's going to be different. Like one of my boys, not to share too much, but he is definitely like a daily pooper. The other one is not, not at all. Every couple of days is not at all abnormal for him. So everybody's going to look a little bit different, but you want to make sure that your child isn't having troubles passing it. It's not causing them pain. They're not bloated. There's no decrease in appetite associated with it. Um, and then yeah, when they are able to pass the bowel movement that it's, you know, it's an easy process. It's, it's pain-free, generally fairly soft. Okay. And are there um, common causes of childhood constipation or maybe like specific like dietary patterns that have been associated with constipation in kids? Yeah, for sure. Diet can definitely be a cause. Um, generally, I would say a diet that's low in fiber and low in fluid can certainly lead to constipation, but that's not it. Um, it's not all diet uh, activity. A lack of activity can definitely cause some constipation because the movement can kind of help the stool pass through the intestinal tract. Um, also, a change in routine or stress. I feel like that's probably one of the more common ones is more like a disruption to the routine. So, for example, starting school, there's a big one. Um, you know, different people, different setting may or may not be comfortable uh, pooping outside of the home. They also may have like a new structure to their day where they can't use the bathroom sort of as they want freely at home. So that can definitely happen. Also, potentially some, you know, some behavioral causes like fighting with parents, holding it in for that reasons, things like that. Also, if there's been previous constipation, that can definitely lead to future constipation because if they have a history of it being painful, a lot of children aren't going to want to sort of use the bathroom and they may start holding it in again like that. It's funny you should mention kindergarten because I, I actually, this was not a huge problem with my with my two older uh, kids, but my daughter, when she went to kindergarten, she was all, she was embarrassed to, or still is kind of embarrassed to, to go to the bathroom. Uh, she's fine for like to go pee, but she doesn't want to go number two in front of her class. Not that it's in front, but the washroom is actually located in the kindergarten. So she ended up holding it, uh, which led to a bit of a problem. So do you ever think that like uh, holding it could be kind of, uh, as, have you seen that as a common issue? I know when I worked at the family health team, uh, kids were kind of coming in and, and holding it. Do you have any strategies to kind of deal with that? Definitely super common. One of my boys, same thing, they're in daycare and one of them will not refuses to poop at daycare. He would, he will hold it all day. Um, so he'll come home with sort of like little marks in his underwear, but the other one has no problem. So definitely really common. I don't see children in my practice, like in my clinical role. So I, I couldn't comment from that other than just my personal experience with it. I think just over and over trying to make him comfortable. Uh, his brother actually is a real help because the two of them kind of bond and he'll go into the bathroom with him. I think it's just time. I think just time and patience. I mean, for sure, I remember uh, definitely putting my kids in there with a book or whatever and trying to kind of take the pressure off, so to speak. Uh, no pun intended. It was more just giving them that that time to, to be there and, and have that bowel movement kind of in a relaxed setting. I think if we're kind of trying to get our kids off the pot really quickly, I think they can feel a little bit pressured and, and that tends to, or at least in with some of the patients I used to see, that used to be kind of a bit of an issue as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. Thinking about 
Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and definitely building on what you said, just not getting mad if they don't mm-hmm. poop, right? Creating a happy environment, a little bit of a reward too. If they are successful, stickers work wonders in young children. So yes. that's been good for us. Right. But high value stickers, like my kids weren't going to go poo for like a regular sticker, right? It had to be a fuzzy one or one of those puffy stickers, like a high value sticker for sure. Um, Thinking beyond uh, that kind of uh, tendency for our kids to hold their bowel movement, whether it's either in school because they're embarrassed or perhaps because they're actually just really enjoying whatever it is they're playing with, which is super common. Are there any other good tips or perhaps some dietary strategies for dealing with childhood constipation? Yeah, for sure. Um, So since a lower fiber, low fluid diet can lead to constipation, trying to increase both of those. So just making sure water and other fluids are available throughout the day regularly with meals and then sort of water in between meals as they're playing, things like that. Um, Also lots of fiber. I find that uh, foods that start with P like pears, prunes, plums, peaches, those all can be really helpful. Prunes work well in our house. Other for, like other sources of fiber would be like your whole grains, whole grain cereals and breads, things like that, including those regularly in the diet can definitely help. And then behaviorally, some of the stuff we talked about, a little bit of a, a reward, a special treat, big sticker for, for when they are successful, making it a fun, sort of happy environment, not stressful environment, let them take their time. All of those are really, really important to create sort of a good, positive experience. Great. And... Would you recommend recommend anything in terms of preventing constipation in children or would it be like the same tips that you've already uh, mentioned? Yeah, a lot of the same things that I just sort of mentioned in terms of uh, treating would also be really, really important for prevention. Since we're on the topic of, of bowel movements and, and getting our kids to go to the bathroom, uh, do you have any tips on potty training, seeing as how you just, you have twins, and so you had to potty train two babies? I wish I had great tips. Um, we just kind of went for it. We started day one of lockdown, because I figured we're all home and we can't go anywhere anyways, so let's make lemonades out of lemons. Um, one of my boys got it right away. It just, you know, it took him 24 hours and he just got it. The other one took eight solid weeks of accident after accident and but he got it he eventually got it um we were just consistent I think consistency is so important I reminded them I I asked are you dry over and over and over big excitement if they were still dry how about you good tips no I I you know I again consistency uh for sure worked worked with us and then um we actually had this uh, little transportable potty that we were able to kind of put in different areas of the house, although it's kind of gross. But uh, I found that they got really bored sitting in the bathroom. And so this way, it was just like this little potty that they could kind of go in. And that was really helpful. And the same thing with you. Are you dry? Big celebration if they are. Even bigger celebration if they make it into the potty. And then, of course, um, the big ticket sticker items. But again, they got like a lower lower price dollar store sticker for for number one. And they got um, a bigger, higher quality sticker for number two. So that was kind of uh, that that was kind of how we dealt with the kids. But again, every child is different, even among my three. I would say that 
Uh, my firstborn caught on a lot faster than my second, and my third was kind of somewhere in between. So I think just kind of uh, the, I guess one of the big tips I, I have said to some, some friends with younger children is kind of the strategies don't work for the same strategies don't work for every child. So it's kind of learning that child's strategies and what kind of makes them excited about being successful with that venture. Uh, and then kind of working with that was what worked for us. All right. Well, I don't have any tips for this, obviously, but I'm frantically taking notes for the future. So thank you both. <laughs> Laura, thank you so much for all of your tips so far on like, like how to prevent constipation and, and kind of potty training tips. I'm wondering, I'd like to go back to um, something that you mentioned earlier about uh, making sure our children are well hydrated uh, as as a way to kind of prevent these constipation issues. Can you tell me what is a great way or some tips on how to get uh, our kids to drink more fluid? Good question. Sometimes that can be really challenging, especially if they're distracted or having fun playing. So I like to always keep water available and always offer um, water and or milk with meals so that it's available for them. I'm never going to force my kids to drink, um, but just making it really readily available. But some fun ways that I've used with my own kids is um, some fun water bottles. They love using um, water bottles with straws in them or little spouts, uh, can use some fruit in there. Or even in the summer months as we're getting warmer, freeze some fruit into ice cubes, put those as little, little fun ice cubes in their water. They think that's great. So those can be some nice incentives there. I love the fruit idea because, you know, uh, my kids love this. I love cucumber water. I don't even think I, one of them doesn't even like cucumbers. But for some reason, if it goes in the water, all of a sudden it's fancy. And now we like to drink water. So I think uh, I love that idea. I'm glad it works for your kids, too. So our kids definitely have something in common there. Yes, great suggestions. Uh, thanks, Laura. You've provided a lot of great um, insight into how we can help parents with childhood constipation. Um, before we sign off, do you have three uh, take-home tips that you could give to parents on the topic? Sure. One I would say, especially if we're also talking about potty training too, just lots of reminders. Do you have to pee? Do you need to use the bathroom? Are you still dry? And if they're, you know, if they're playing like my kids in particular, I can tell when they have to poop. I can just tell they do the little dance. So just you know, getting them to stop what they're doing, ask them if they need to use the bathroom, just nice reminders. So that's a big one. Uh, number two from a diet, don't forget about those pea foods, pears, prunes, plums, peaches, and lots of fluid. Those are the big like sort of diet lifestyle ones. I guess three would be make it a low stress, fun environment where they're not feeling embarrassed, ashamed, scared, any of those sort of negative feelings associated with using the bathroom. Thanks, Laura. This has been really useful potty talk. I like it. It's been very helpful, I think, and, and hopefully helpful to some of our listeners. Um, now, I'm curious, just because we have you on here on the on the ha Healthy Habits, Happy Homes uh, podcast, and you used to be a health educator for the Guelph Family Health Study. I'm wondering if you have um, like a great memory or a funny memory that you'd like to share from your time with the GFHS. Oh, wow. So I have lots of great memories. It was a great uh, role to be in as a health educator. I got to visit a lot of wonderful families. One that kind of jumps out and is a little bit funny is I had a family who had a set of twin boys, a little bit younger than my boys are currently. 
Um, and I remember going into that house and it was a bit of a madhouse. There were balls flying all over the place and I would leave exhausted and just no idea how that mom did what she did. And here I am three and a half years later with my own set of twins, figuring it out one day at a time. Um, so that was kind of a funny little twist of fate there. I love that. It's like foreshadowing. Well, thanks, Laura, for coming on the Healthy Habits, Happy Homes podcast. We hope the listeners find this a helpful interview and we wish you all the best. Thanks. Thanks for having me.